And we are back with another auspicious installment of Sky Mail, the mailbag portion for Blake Sky, Private Eye. Uh, continuing our trend of having really interesting and really cool guests, uh, we have somebody here. Uh, we had horror last month, uh, and now we're branching out to our other roots with uh, Noir, with famed comic book writer Fabrice Sapolsky. So uh, Fabrice, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Fabrice, why don't you tell the listeners at home uh, some of the things that they probably know you from and don't even realize it yet. All right. Uh, so um, where do I start? <laughs> I've, I've been in, in the comic book business for over two decades. So I'm not a, I'm not a, the flavor of the month. I'm not the newbie. I've, I've, I've been, I've done about everything you can do in, in comics. Um, I come from France. Uh, that this is where I was born and where I spent the first 44 years of my life before I moved to the United States in 2015. Um, and it's there that I actually had the idea that kind of started it all, that started my career and, and that like propelled me to new heights, which was the original idea for Spider-Man Noir. And um, and and as as the, the famous story has it that I, I told about a million times, um, I was I was a comic journalist at the time, and and I uh, I didn't really expect to have this idea. And I, I mean, I woke up one day and with the idea in mind, and um, I pitched the first person that I pitched it to was the the person that I had a meeting with. That very morning, it was in December in 2006, and that was David Hine, who was at the time uh, writing Spawn, and he was off a, a few issues of Detective Comics, I think. Um, and he, he he worked on X Men. He, he worked on a lot of things. David Hine is a, like a big professional, and uh, so of course I'm, I'm like I have this idea. Let's pitch it to someone who knows um, how to be a writer. And, and, it, and David famously turned me down only to change his mind 24 hours later. And I guess the rest is history. And we, we developed that work together and, um, and, and made something quite unique because um, it's called Spider-Man Noir. And my intention was to make it a noir book. But Dave was more interested in pulp so it, it it carries pulp elements also. So it's it's kind of like a, a a child of of, of two worlds, uh, two dimensions, uh, two universes. It's like noir and pulp at the same time, which is cool. And 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 that gives this this character a, a personality that is kind of unique in the Marvel universe. And then after that, uh, I did a bunch of things. Um, I, uh, I did a book for the French market that it's still that is still uh, unpublished and hopefully I can bring it uh, to this market one day. It's called Black Box. Uh, it's a history supernatural book uh, that I did with with Tom Lyle, the late Tom Lyle, my friend. Um, and uh, and then after that, I went the creator own route while I was still like doing a little Spider Man. I mean, every two to four years. Uh, Marvel called us back and said, hey, do you want to do something? But like in, in between, uh, when Marvel is not calling, um, 
we we had to do stuff so dave was doing his stuff on his own and i developed my stuff on my own and that was a first a series called what it wonder that uh and it's a coincidence i'm republishing right now through my my own company fair square comics and um and uh, so When It Wonder was publi- initially published in single issues at Image Comics, but Image didn't want to do the trade, which put me in a very uh, difficult position at the time, financially. Um, and so uh, I, I didn't really have the, the possibility to bring it back until 2020. And, and I did a Kickstarter and the Kickstarter went okay. And, and now the book exists. It's actually like sitting in front of me on my desk. Uh, and uh, so, uh, so it's finally a reality, and, and I could also revisit it, which is which is fine. And 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 uh, One Hit Wonder was not a noir book. One Hit Wonder was like kind of my homage to uh, books from Elmo Leonard uh, or or movies like by Tarantino. It was kind of that vibe. Uh, and uh, but a lot of people like expected me to do just noir, 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 and it was like they were very disoriented when they when they. So when he wonder, it was like, where's where's the noir guy? And like, well, I mean, I'm I don't have a tr- one track mind. I can do other things, and when it wonder was one of that, one of them. Uh, so uh, so there. But yes, after that, I went back to noir, and I created another creator own called Intertwined, which is a kung fu noir uh, story, and and that one was was pretty uh, pretty well received. Uh, we had like. Um, a, a good uh, critics were good uh, sales were okay I wouldn't say they were like spectacular because we uh, we did a Kickstarter and and then we we licensed it to Dynamite Comics and they didn't really know how to market the book so the book I mean it was not a failure uh, commercially but clearly a lot of people missed it so what's going to happen is that um i'm getting back my my publishing rights in in january of 2021 and we decided uh like very recently actually last week that uh we were going to republish um the first volume of intertwined uh in 2021 as well as a new volume that will like uh continue the story so there so there will be more kung fu noir and and this is a, this is a book that is very dear to my heart uh, for many reasons. The, the first one is that um, the main hero is, is is an immigrant, and I'm an immigrant, so it, it's it's a story that I can totally relate to. And of course, it's different. He's Asian. I'm not. Uh, my my artist is Asian, uh, and we both share uh, a, a love for a passion for kung fu. Um, and and Fred Fred Pham Chuang, the the artist on the book, is also a martial artist. It's not just a a penciler like an uh, an artist. He's also a martial artist. So every, uh, that was one of the great things about this book is that every kung fu move is accurate, and 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 that's that's something unique because, to my knowledge, Fred is the only person on the on the market who can draw comics and 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 be and be totally legit in the martial arts department yeah add that authenticity to the, exactly uh, yes, to the drawing. yes absolutely so it was it was a pretty emotional story because it was an immigrant story but it was also a kung fu story 
it was a diverse story. Like, uh, I mean, uh, no, no joke. I think the the number of Caucasian characters in in the book is like two or three, tall, out of like fifteen. So it it was really, it it kind of uh, laid the foundation of what I'm doing right now with my company, Fair Square Comics, that I launched last year. And and uh, and and the the main character from Intertwine, the spirit of the earth, is the is the mascot of my company. He's the poster child. Is the mascot for the company. And 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 the slogan of Fair Square Comics is comics for the rest of us, because I'm an immigrant. And and Fair Square Comics, uh, Fair Square Comics mission statement is to promote and publish. Um, comics from uh, immigrants and underrepresented categories of, of creators. Well, that's excellent. That's wonderful. Like that's one of the, that's one of the things that like for, for us here, one of the major focuses is particularly uh, LGBTQIA representation. Uh, a lot of our, our characters are uh, gay or uh, non-binary and we have actors uh, who are also uh, you know, LGBTQ, uh, which, which is, or... which is fun because, um, uh, so we, um, at fair square comics, so the, the first book that came out of fair square was, uh, the, the new version of one hit wonder. I mentioned it earlier in 2020, but the second book was, uh, the, the noir is the new black anthology. We're going to, I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a second. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> but then the next one, uh, that's a scoop here. Uh, the next one that we're going to probably launch the first week of October or a little bit earlier is going to be a supernatural queer drama. Oh, that you! this is the audience for that, let me tell you. Yes, and the creator behind this book, um, I'm not going to say who it is now, but the, it, he's writing and drawing and he's he's extremely experienced, But but up to now, he was never, he was very private about his uh, identification and about his life. And and he will still remain private. These are This is a topic that he doesn't really want to talk about, but this is how he, in a certain way, comes out to the world and shows who he is through his art. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's amazing. And that's that's awesome to have, you know, the the opportunity to say that and you know the, the the platform to say it so i gotta say like i really appreciate having a place where underrepresented groups can get stories out there because i mean uh comics is unfortunately uh well that's actually one of the questions i kind of wanted to get to mm-hmm. uh was you know in in the market that we live in right now that is you know when people think comics they think the big two which is wrong. Uh, you're 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 lucky if you get somebody that starts, you know, to even go into like an image or a dark horse or a dynamite. Uh, but even even those, there's so much more to the iceberg than that. Like yes, what what advice do you have? I guess for creators and for consumers when it comes to 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 getting your work out there and also to finding work that that you want okay so this is a broad topic we could stay about five hours just talking about it that's how much i'm passionate about independent publishing let me tell you this um we fight 
we fight because it's it's a very it's a very complex topic especially right now where it's kind of topical to have publishers and especially mid-sized to bigger publishers claiming that they're they're home for for these creators that they are going to be more diverse and like where have you been i mean where have you been all these years and wait you it's not because you're putting out characters that have a different color skin skin color sorry uh, or 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 characters that are lgbtq or non-binary that 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 makes you the good guys because let's look at another thing these books are still heavily edited one and marketing is extremely important two they have often and and again i'm not going to throw a punch at the other publishers there are a lot of great editors at those houses people that i respect enormously but let me say that companies are companies they have a policy they have a publishing schedule they have a plan they have an opinion when you are working with them you have to get to where they want you to go like if they decided that the marketing of the book is going to be that that's what they want okay and how much are going they going to need to pay you how much of your rights are you going to retain you understand it's a very it's a very complex matter because it's not because like If you remember a few years ago, uh Marvel had a a, a broad diversity uh initiative that didn't work. Because it it was clearly not I mean, I'm sure and and I don't want to uh I don't I don't want to paint the people who did that as villains. I'm sure they had great intentions, especially Axel Alonso who's also a minority. And he was the editor in chief at the time. at Marvel. Uh so I'm not going to say anything bad about that, but I think they underestimated all the other component of the market like the direct market, the retailers, the distributor. It's a whole system that needs to be fought. It's what I call the brand culture. The brand culture is and i'm sure you realize it and and that kind of echoes what you just said in your question um right now if you go to an executive at at those companies they will tell you that whoever draws or writes batman batman will sell they did a very good job erasing creators from everything yeah uh, the the unfortunately uh prevalent and incredibly erroneous belief that the character is such a monolithic concept that it will roll forward without the writer without the artist which isn't true DC organized this event yeah a few weeks ago called Fando mm-hmm. right how how many comic book creators were present very few how many were even credited named passionately defended DC Comics is not DC Comics anymore it's DC yeah it's it, it's an entertainment conglomerate exactly and 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 i uh, usually i use the the example of James Bond 
uh, for people to understand. James Bond came out of novels. How many people remember that? And 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 I'm sure as a comic book fan, you you kind of like hit your I mean, I wouldn't say like hit hit yourself like on the wall like anything, but uh, you you were kind of annoyed I'm sure when like people say like oh I love comics oh okay what have you read oh I saw the movies or oh I played the video games. Right. And I, and, and I, you know, I don't want to be a gatekeeper because I mean, a lot of the times those are people's first exposure to the character and that's perfectly fine. Yes. And I agree with you to a certain extent. We have to remember where we're coming from. And that's also the message as a, an immigrant, as a comic book creator who is exactly in the same shoes as the first generation of creators who came in this country and started all this business that everyone is talking about right now. My role, my mission is to have people remember where we're coming from. That's very important. So everyone has a different role. Like if other companies are defending the brands, that's fine. It has to exist. The brands have to keep, we need healthy brands so that other comics can exist. But at the same time, we should have a little bit more exposure than what we have. And we're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place often because as independents, we, the, the, the rules of distribution were not made for us. And, and it's very hard if you don't have deep pockets to have people know who you are, what you're doing. And that's the challenge that almost all independent creators have been facing for years. Then enter COVID-19. And then there are no stores anymore. There, there's nothing. Everyone is the same. And where do people go? Because there's no entertainment. They go to Kickstarter. They go to Indiegogo. They go to in, uh, they go on internet and they are they become hungry. And this is our chance right now. This is how I could have One Eight Wonder funded. This is how I could have Noir is the New Black funded. And I hope that the people are going to come back for the wonderful 17 projects that me and my friends have in the next three years. And, and we are tons of independent creators with that same, uh, with that same plan. We want to show people who we are because right now there's no difference between a big company and us. Right. You know, I, actually, this kind of pivots into another question that uh, one of the one of the other members of the podcast had, which was uh, about comic books and pulp as like media formats. I mean, noir is intrinsically tied to kind of the pulp printing, you know, the cheap, the the for the masses. Yeah, like the, the thing that you read at a train station or in the subway or something right. like that. And and comics you know, largely the same way. Both of them are very cheap and were, or at least uh, were, <laughs> were. Yes, they, they were. Four dollars or fifteen dollars are not especially cheap. They were intended to be cheap and fairly egalitarian. Yeah, methods of distribution. Yeah. Um that was before streaming. That was before the internet. <laughs> but then. There's also that double-edged sword of that where, you know, for a long time, comics and, you know, and pulp 
novels and you know cheap entertainment always struggles to be taken seriously seriously as legitimate yeah. art so i guess i guess going into that i think it kind of ties into what you were talking about with not forgetting your roots with the comics but like comic books are not a stepping stone to something else okay They're not i'm going to stop you right here okay because this is a very interesting point and as much as i'm a defender of like going back to our roots in terms of of heritage and 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 storytelling and and how these comics are made just like artisans that we are okay they're not industrial they're they're um, i mean you could you could argue that the big studios are producing comics at an industrial pace because they're having 20 to 30 to 50 series a month I mean, less now, but they until last year, it was like 50 for each and 60 for the other. They went up to 100 and they have like 25,000 covers uh, to go with them. Uh, but most of the independents are producing just like artisans, just like the old fashioned way, like one at a time. And, and, and we finish one, then we get to the next and, and so on and so forth. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Comics are not expensive enough. And the reason why is that, and, and, and having like toured, I've been at conventions. I mean, of course I miss conventions just like everybody else, but I, I attended about 60 or 65 conventions in the, in the past five years. Um, that's a lot. But what I learned is that a large part of the audience, even the people who are like avid fans, hardcore fans, they have no idea how much a comic book costs. Because when they buy a $4 comic, whether they buy a Marvel, a DC, a Dark Horse, or an Independent, for them, it's just a comic. The same reason, like when people say, oh, I'm going to pirate that comic online. They don't know that a corporation might be able to handle it because they have other source of income, but an Independent can't because all our income is coming and all our workforce is dedicated to those comics because the because the price is the same and the the perceived uh, value of a comic is the same all across the board now perception is everything but we have to teach people to explain them how much a comic issue costs in when i mean i had a kind of an epiphany uh, a few years ago when I, I had a, a, a drawing, an illustration that I did, a piece of original art, and I was selling it for a hundred bucks. And uh, which is like a reasonable price when you know the market. And that person oh, said- Oh, right, like, yeah. And that person, because it's like fully inked and there was a background and like a lot of buildings. And- um, I mean, honestly, that could, that, like depending on like the artist, that's a steal. Well, the, in, uh, in this case, the artist was me. So, um, so I was selling my my own my own stuff. So, hundred dollars, and the person looks at me and says, "Like, it's a little expensive for what it is." And I said, "Like, let me stop you right there. How long do you think it took me to draw that piece?" And he was like, "I don't know, an hour, maybe two. And I said, "No, it took me ten hours. Ten hours." Divide that by the price that I'm asking, that's $10 an hour. In a city like LA where I live or in New York, that's not even, 
an hourly rate. Yeah, your your work has value. Your work has worth. And, and, and you it's, and it's not fast food. Like, it's not something that is meant to be consumed. And that's it. It will stay. You will put it on your wall. You can even, the, the value will, will, will come with it. And like in a few years, it will be worth. And if I die, it's going to be even better. Oh, God, God, God um, forbid. No, no, but you get the idea. So like when I'm asking for $100 for a piece of art, that's decent because it's not it's not even the time it's also the equipment the, the pencils the inks the, the the eraser the paper everything that goes with it and the guy looks at me and he's like oh i haven't thought about this i said yeah so when you it's the same thing as like when people approach you and say like can you can you sign my comic some creators are charging for their signatures i i don't i am not i don't charge i'm not charging um but i tell people i said like i'm not charging for my signature on the comics that you bring me but if you're kind enough to look at my table and find something that you like and buy it it would be great it would be great support and often people react really well to that to that kind of like chat um, so when you explain to people how much a comic book issue costs, do you even know, SJ, how much a comic book issue costs? Let me grill you for a second. Oh, oh man, you're going to make me look like an idiot in front of my own fans. Uh, well, <laughs> tw- 20 pages or 22 pages, full color. How much does it cost? I, you know, I, I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't have a good frame of reference for it, honestly. Okay. So we're looking at something that is between $300 and $500 a page with decent rates. I know that out there, there are not decent rates, unfortunately, and we have to fight that because uh, uh, studios or companies that are offering deals, either back-end deals without rights or, or, or deals with like $50 a page for the artist are, are not reasonable. Yeah. They're, 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 they're they're not respecting They're predatory. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we know that these people exist. Uh, but like, yeah, a, a full page pencil inked uh, colored letter between three and $500 a page times 22. A little calculation. That's a, that's about 7,000 average. Okay. An issue. $7,000 times 12. You wonder why, and and remember, it's there's no printer, there's 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 no distributor there, there's no, but the creative costs are are something. So when you're buying a four dollar comic book, you don't realize that people are working their a off to make it happen to give you your. 20 pages of entertainment every month yeah no i mean like it's it's a job it's not a hobby yeah and 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 unfortunately that is how so much of the the world that we live in depicts art as a as a skill set and talent it's depicted as like hobby plus like that it's it is not yeah and it's not it's 100 not like Granted, I am nowhere near the professional level that like you or other creators that we've mentioned are, but 
you know, even even the amount of time that I spend writing uh, for this show and for the fans uh, that support us on Patreon, uh, we do uh, basically custom noir characters uh, for each one of the patrons. That's funny. I just did that. Oh, really? Uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was approached by a fan, uh, and he uh, asked me, commissioned me to create a whole noir universe of heroes uh, because he's doing beer glasses for a, a, a beer fanatic group of nerds. That's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it took me two weeks to decide that uh, because it's a big piece. Um, it's it's visible on my website, by the way, or on my social network. So if people are, are curious, they, they look for it on my website. Um, and I delivered and, and it was so interesting because it started as, uh, OK, so we would like to have like an, uh, what if you were in control of, of, of Marvel Noir? Uh, what kind of other characters would you would you create? The funny thing is that we, Dave and I, we had ideas for that, but Marvel never considered them, which is their total rights. I mean, they we don't have any rights on the characters. Like that's another topic that we could talk about. But like uh, when people saw Spider-Man Noir in Into the Spider-Verse, they came to me and said like, "Oh, so how about those royalties?" And I said, "No, there are no royalties. What are you talking about? This is this is work for hire." Um, I'm not making a dime on the movie or on the merchandise of the movie. Like my name is not even in the movie. And when I asked Marvel why they didn't credit creators, uh, Marvel said, um, because A, it's not us, it's Sony. And by contract, they don't have to. That's how it is. Yeah. And then I spoke to people that I knew in Hollywood and they said like, look, this is classic Hollywood. They will give you money, but they won't give you credit. In comics, you have credit, but you don't have money. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting trade up there. Exactly. That's why so many people in Hollywood are like um, envious, because in comics, you can have credit, even though you don't have money. But then we are also envious. We're like, okay, well. I, I got I to gotta pay, pay bills. We, oh, yes. <laughs> we would like to earn a little bit more from all the in energy, passion, talent, whatever we have. Uh, and you guys have all the money. Yeah, but we don't have the credit. So I guess there's no perfect world. That's it. Everything sucks. Um, I'm optimistic, though. I think that, um, especially as an independent creator now, uh, I think that this is our time and that the, the things are changing. And for the reason, the, the, the main reason is that this, this industry is kind of at the end of an era and at the beginning of a new era and it's kind of the wild wild west right now but but we have to reinvent the rules and to me the most important thing is to talk directly to the audience because you guys are very smart and we don't need to just pretend like uh, we know sometimes we just don't we offer stuff and it works uh, I always say to the creators that I'm working with, um, the public never lies. The audience never lies. They either like what you're doing and they, they vote with their dollars or they don't and they don't buy it. Then you have to work harder. And that's fine. That's fine. Not everything that we publish is has to be a success. 
but everything that we publish has to exist. So we have to have some success. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good mindset to have for that. Because I think, yeah, a lot of people are fixated that like I have to hit it out of the park 100% of the time. No, you just have to you just have to be you. You have some creators who don't like to to, to just spend too much time on a page to get bored or, or it's just their style. So they, it looks rushed, but it's not, you know? Um, and I mean, look at what Kirby was producing. Kirby was not like attached to his pages. He was like killing it, moving to the next. And that way he would never look back. Which is, which is, I mean, not a lot of artists are that, especially now where the, the, uh, the level, the quality has gone like up gone through the roof. Um, comics are better now than they have ever been. Now, the problem is that in terms of quality of, of art, they're better often. The problem is uh, because of political decisions at the studios and there, there's also too many comics that don't need to be there. Uh, too many shallow comics. Uh, comics that are there because, oh, if we put a comic on the market, uh, the competition has less less space on the shelves. This is not a good thing. I mean, every comic should matter. Every story should matter. You don't tell a story because you don't release a comic because you have to release it. This is the worst thing. And, and, and I really think that, I mean, again, I want to be positive and I'll circle back to noir. Uh, when I did this, 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 this job for the, the, the beer group, it gave me an idea. And I felt, and I felt very Todd McFarlane I, in that moment. Like it started as a obviously ripoff of the Marvel universe, and then it took a life of its own. And I, and I called them and I said, like, can I go steampunk more because I really want to do that? And they were like, yeah, sure, whatever you want. And then I went steampunk, and then it became something else. And no, now I have these these three new characters that are noir steampunk. You can see that they're influenced by what's been there before and it's clearly the marvel universe the same way spawn is has been influenced by spider-man in many ways but it takes a life of its own and now these characters are like huh they're there maybe i should write something around that maybe i should create a story for them and it's funny because it's it's kind of the first time that it happens to me like remember i started in this industry as a writer i only started drawing later so for me, it was all like the stories happen in my head and, uh, and, and I put them on paper, I write them, and then somebody else is going to draw them. But there, it starts with a design. And for the first time, I'm the artist first. And then I have to knock on the writer's door in my own head and say, hey, do you want to write something around this? And it's, and it's really interesting because it's an exercise that I, that I really like. And I never thought I would. That's interesting. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about like some really serious topics and stuff like that. I want, I want to, I want to change it up a little and go a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, going back to the, going back to the noir sona, I'm curious what your noir sona would be. What would Fabrice be in the noir universe? I guess, I guess, I would be a little bit like this new character that I just created for that piece. Uh, there's a character that I call the Houndsec. Um, I call him the Houndsec because he's he's obviously a detective, 
but he's also a he's 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 kind of non-binary i mean i am identifying as male but my feminine side has been very very uh present in my life since i was very little because even though i'm a straight person uh i've been raised by four incredible women and um and and so it kind of shaped my personality and i've i've never been like shy about sharing my emotions about uh, i mean i have two daughters and, and they actually love sh- go shopping with me because i'm a great uh, shopping partner i i love that uh and i don't feel like less masculine because i do that so in comics i always i always let my feminine side speak more if if i if i can say that like i love strong female characters i love writing and drawing strong female characters and it's funny because um it's it's not obvious in in either spider-man noir which is co-written with with dave of course uh and 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 in one hit wonder which is like very macho except except uh there's one uh strong female character um that is there all through the book and you realize at the end of the story that she's more she's even more important than, than you think she is so it's kind of a surprise uh, but in intertwined uh the main you start the story thinking that it's the story of this young guy who plays kung fu who performs kung fu and then you realize that it's the story of a girl and um and a girl posing as a guy so the lines are often blurred in the way my character acts when i'm like without the leash when i'm free to to really write what i want i'm actually working on a project called ladybird and i'm part i've partnered with a, an italian young italian artist on this i mean i i did the designs and and he drew from he drew the characters in the book from my designs uh and i and I, of course i'm writing the script but there's only one male character in that book. Everyone else is a woman. And it was not forced. It was not like it's just like at the moment where I was the story was shaping up in my head, I didn't see any other type of character. It was like they were uh, the characters are like forming in your head and they're again they're taking a life of their own and they're like kind of say the voice appeared to you. The voice of those characters comes to you. And uh, and uh, and these were female characters. I'm also writing another another uh, YA. I mean, this one, Lady Bird, is going to be YA, young adult. Uh, and and there's another one that I'm doing called the Columbus Circle, where where two of the three, again, two of the three main characters are female. Um, and and I'm very very comfortable writing those characters. And even even better, um, when the artist is a is a woman, she can't believe that I'm that 50-year-old guy who wrote those characters because 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 they like they're passionate they're like they're real because I also model these characters after incredible women that were in my life so it's 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 just, I didn't have to go really far I I was very lucky to be raised by these women that's a that, that's that's really cool and that's that's interesting you know because like one of the complaints that i hear from a lot of the more negative side of you know the the comic books and, and you know just 
for lack of a better term, nerd culture in general is like, oh, these feminine characters, these female characters are so forced and stuff like that. When it's not, if it feels forced, one, maybe like you're dealing with creators or writers that just need to have more interaction with females in their life and like actually listen to them. You know, I, th I think I think that's a, that's a very important point. But the fact that I was uh, I was uh, raised in a different country um, also plays a role. There was always communication. Like I, I, I really think that a lot of problems that uh, people have here in the U.S. when growing up is that the lack of communication, the lack of the lack of the lack of conversation about like these kind of topics about the opposite sex, about about how the society is. Um, that that's also brings a lot of problems when when you were talking about LGBTQ like the acceptance of, of, of those kind of differences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it comes from like uh, bigotry and, 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 and the, uh, the, the lack of, 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 of talk around the subject. Like these subjects should be taught in school. Like the same way, how do you expect to fight racism if nobody's going to talk about it to kids? They have to be also educated in like, don't be afraid of someone who's different. Embrace the differences. Differences are strength. They make us better. If we were all the same, we were weak. We would be weak. We are we are stronger when we are different. The notion in a lot of America is just, oh, we don't talk about the things that are uncomfortable, but they're going to just keep being uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, swiping stuff under the rug is never a good option and like look i'm an entrepreneur if you do that with your company you're gonna fail you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself the right questions for everything and it's it's a human thing so i mean and, and like in, and in comics comics are a reflection of society we cannot be reactionary we're 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 moving with the times we're ahead of the times. Every time comics were stuck in their own mind and not moving with the times, they fail. But we're a, a very, very special beast. We always uh, stick the landing and we start like cats. I got, let's see, I think I got one more question uh, on here. Let's see. Ah, here it is. Um, so, you know, like we like we talked about, uh, our podcast is a combination, a fusion of noir and horror, particularly cosmic horror in the vein of, you know, like Lovecraft. But, you know, without all the, the horrible bigotry and garbage. Yeah, I was I was about to say, like, Lovecraft is he's not our favorite person when you talk about, like, progress and yeah, he's he's a garbage person. Unfortunately, he's a garbage person that, you know, was good at writing horror uh so we're just gonna rob his grave and take everything good and leave him nothing <laughs> yeah it's funny because like uh when michael jackson died people were like oh we can't we can't really make a difference between the artist and the person so we're gonna throw him all away uh and and and, and other people were like no we have to make a difference because like for the, all those other writers we made the difference and and, it, and it's funny how there's a double or a triple standard depending on where you're from it's it's a it's a murky area to go into because you don't ever want to be like 
oh, well, this person gets a pass because they wrote things that I like, because that's not... Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if you uh, if you heard of this French writer. His name is Céline. And uh, Louis Ferdinand Céline. And Céline wrote a beautiful, beautiful novel. Um, the French title is Voyage au bout de la nuit. And, uh, and it's taught in school. But this guy was the worst piece of crap of humanity. He was anti-Semitic. He denounced Jews during World War II and he collaborated with the Nazis. But this, but his novel, because it's a beautiful novel, is still taught in school. That's a problem. It, yeah, it is. Uh... Because if, if or, or you have to start by telling the story before yeah, you get to the book. Contextualize, it. absolutely. And I and and that's the that's the kind of thing that we would expect from Lovecraft. Like, let's contextualize before we get to the thing. Which I which I like to think that we do here by making it very clear what our stance is on him as a trash fire of a human being. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I digress. I, what I what I, my my question that I was going to get to was, um, you know, we we've got that dual genre thing going on. Um, what are your what would you say are your favorite pieces of noir and horror? Like, like what one of each? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to be very disappointing here. I I don't like horror. Okay, that's fine. I'm not a horror person. I like to think that there's a space for everything, and then when when you're doing comics or when you're doing entertainment at large. Um, there's always space for counter-programming. I want to be that. I want to do that. I want to do stuff that is not in fashion. When we did Spider-Man Noir, there was no alternate universe. There was no Spider-Verse. It didn't exist. There was no what-if anymore. Uh, there, was, there was nothing like that. And there was nothing like it. It was so different that it was... A shock when Marvel agreed to do it. Yeah, I, I, I gotta, I gotta say, like I personally, to me, uh, Spider-Man Noir is one of those moments where I picked up a comic and instantly fell in love. Like the the writing of it just fits so perfectly. Like little elements of it that just were so perfectly executed. Like the the fact that you know his costume is stitched together from Ben's uh, gas mask. Yeah. That that was that was a moment when when uh, Dave and I we we were because like when you create a character like that we 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 wanted to change the mythology but we wanted to keep some elements and and the fact that it was like in a different era uh, didn't mean that Uncle Ben didn't have a space and Uncle Ben needed to be this hero figure and that's something that was not explored in the traditional. Uh, Marvel 616 continuity. It's like Uncle Ben was already old and you don't really know much about him or what he did before. Um, especially in the origins where it's like only 12 pages for everything. But uh, but yeah, we wanted to give Uncle Ben this kind of stature, this alpha male type of guy who grew older but was still like very much of an activist. And the fact that in the... in the story he's a member of the uh, yeah. communist party. Uh, him, him and, him an and May activist. are 
oh yeah, we, we thought that we would never go with this. Like we, when we started writing that, I looked at Dave and I was like, they're not going to let us do this. I was so glad that they let you do that. <laughs> and, and, and I think, I think they, they didn't realize they, they didn't think it would work. It was like an experiment, you know? Um, and, and so, but, but the same thing, like when we, the way we decided to, to, to kill uncle Ben was like, I looked at Dave and I said, I know how we're going to do it. And he said, like, are you sure? Are you sure that they're going to let us do this? And I said, I don't care. I, this is how I see it. And, um, and, but the same thing for the second series in the eyes without the face, we were tackling very sensitive topics like experimentation on black people during world war II. That was extremely controversial. They let us run away with it. We, 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 we made it happen. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's just a couple of instances where we had like a, uh, disagreements with Marvel, but it, these are minor points. Um, and, and even in there, it was not a, a topic where Dave and I were like aligned. Like I had a problem with the gun. I still have. I don't come from a culture where guns are important. So, so I didn't want any gun, but Marvel said, we want the gun. You, you write the gun. Which is funny because they've kind of reversed on that decision with like the current depictions that they have for Spider-Man Noir. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not associated with it. Yeah. It, it's, As you know. Yeah, it's just I think that it's an amusing kind of an about face on a corporate level on that. So, well, they they wanted the gun because they thought it looked cooler on the covers. Um, so whatever. So, but but yeah, I mean, the the social and political aspect of it was a huge turn on for both Dave and myself because I mean, Dave is probably more of an activist than I am, but. I'm, I still am, and 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 I, I have like very sharp progressive ideas. I wouldn't classify myself as like extreme left or or in any parties or anything, but I'm a progressive person, and 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 I really believe that um, uh, we should we should lean towards a more uh, a, a fairer society, which is not the road that we're taking at the moment, unfortunately. Well, ho- hopefully, we can fix that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not in my hand. Remember, I'm an immigrant. I I, I don't vote. I'm 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 working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but 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 yeah. I mean, uh, to, to get back to what you were saying, if I could say, well, like, what's the noir thing? That uh, it's very difficult for me because there are the novels, and I was always a fan of. I mean, I love Hammett. I love Spillane. I love Mike Hammer. It was Mike Hammer growing when I was 14 years old. I only had eyes for Mike Hammer. I loved Mike Hammer. It was like he was that cool ass dude um, who was always winning. And he got the girls and he got like, he was smart. I loved Mike Hammer. Um, but at the same time, there are so many movies that came after and so many novels. And even like Elmer Leonard, I mean, it's its its, it's own genre. But it's still noir, um, and um, I, I love those those things. I, I love it. I love it. But and, and my my favorite noir movies are not necessarily the ones that people are constantly referencing. Like, right? It's I not mean, the Maltese Ca- Falcon. Ca- it's not. I I'm not really into Casablanca. I mean, I like it, but 
to me, it's, it, I mean, it, it's not Citizen Kane. It's not the third man. It's it's not. Um, it, it's it's. Oh, just no. C- Citizen Kane's my favorite movie. Just. Uh, but but you get the idea. Citizen Kane is like really like yeah, <laughs> the noir movie by excellence. Yeah. There's a plot. There's the. I mean, it it. There's a conspiracy. There's there's some. There's it's paranoid. There's it's, depth it's, to it. There's depth to it. No one is no one is really good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, and 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 you have like this uh, this this situation where like you don't the enemy comes from within, but you don't know where you're gonna be, who's gonna hit you, and and when. Um, I love this. The, the same way, I mean, closer to us, I when we were. Uh, working on on noirs the new black which is for for your uh, or your members um noirs the new black is an anthology of of stories of noir stories from black creators exclusively um which is a project that that was very important to me even though i'm not a black american um it was important to me because and and that's something that i explained to all the all the black creators that came on board with us I'm a minority and I was raised in France as a minority. Um, and, and so we were so few that there was kind of a translation and identification to a bigger minority from another country that I love, that's the United States. And, and that minority would be the black minority that I would identify with as a teenager and as a, as a young adult because they their their struggle were bigger than mine but they were it was a different intensity but it was kind of the same thing racism slurs um uh being beaten up in schools it it you know it's like it's not the same again it's not the same intensity and 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 it's it's different in 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 scope from what uh black people have been experiencing here but but it, it was still dangerous yeah and, there, there, and there we, are parallels to it there are exactly there are parallels to it and 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 so growing up i had like a, a, an unconditional love and fascination for black cinema for for of course black music um and 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 it kind of shaped my cultural pop culture personality and 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 to the point where I'm like, I mean, I'm totally in my element here now that I live in the U.S. because I can listen to that music. I don't have to pay two or three times the price like I did back in the day when I had to buy a record that was imported because it was not officially distributed in France or or that I would have to try to smuggle uh, that movie because it was not distributed. It was a black movie. It was not distributed in France. And as such, a, a movie like New Jack City is a noir movie. And, and it's one that I really love. Uh, Training Day is a noir movie. It's one that I really love. Um, there are so many of them uh, that that I appreciate also. And, and that led to a conversation with with my my co-editor on the book, uh, T.C. Harris. And one conversation led to another conversation. And, and we came to the realization that we needed to do this book because it was the right time, but also we felt like our little tiny boutique publishing company was the right player to do it. 
and 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 because we are we're offering creators not only just fair rates and 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 they keep all their rights but also it's their vision unfiltered i mean the only thing where we're very picky that we're very picky about is that we we want the creators to stay in the lane of the black noir uh, genre because this is the missing statement this is what we sold to the kickstarter backers so if you're going to do a a, a, a story that is too much sci-fi or, or or too much drama or too much soap opera whatever and the black noir elements are not like strong enough we will ask you to pump this up because we want we're not like Guardians of the Temple, but we are in a way because we we don't want to disappoint the public. Um, they they invested on a project. If when they discover the project is not really black noir, then yeah, just just to keep a, co- it's a, co- not gonna a be cohesive there. yeah, just to keep a cohesive theme for it. Exactly. As a piece. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, but but let me tell you this. Um, it's 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 a beautiful project. It's the hardest project I've ever been involved with, and I've been involved with a few very complicated projects to put together as an editor. Um, but but this one is, is really complicated. We're talking about 29, 30 talents. Um, it's 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 an ensemble, man. It's it's a cast. It's and and everyone has to play the same music. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, I, I happened upon the Kickstarter uh, on Twitter, and I felt I fell in love instantly with it. Uh, backed it just instantaneously. I'm super excited about it, and I, you know, I, I just want to say thanks because uh, it is something that I have been looking for and had a hard time finding it. So you know, I'm glad that you know people that creators that. Are trying to get their stories out and have the opportunity to and that you know i get the chance to hear them and and some of them were really surprised people like w- w- right now we're we're in the we're finishing the selection process like uh we grew up to 14 probably even 15 stories um and and out of those we we have 11 pitches that are have been or or will be approved um so we, we're close to 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 closing that 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 first uh step in in our in our in our process um but every story is different every story will surprise people because not it's not just a a version of the black experience that the creators are like free to tell but it's also uh any and it's also like um a different approach um, so visually will be different because we also recruited creators, artists that are different. So there will be a, a, a wide, uh, variety of, of, of styles, uh, in the book. Um, I, I think it will, it, it will be pretty on point, but it's, but it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> like anthologies, man. I, I can't even imagine how difficult it is, but at the same time, uh, as a person awaiting it, you know, oh, it's wor- from, from, it's from, totally what, I, from what I've yeah, from what I've seen of like the artwork that has been released and stuff like that, it is Chef's Kiss. Uh it, it looks so good. And 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 
please realize that uh, we did this campaign with only two pieces of art that will actually be in the book. So everything else is just the concept and how solid it is. It was a concern at first, like, because all, all the other Kickstarter we saw were like, they have plenty of art, they have plenty of, of pages to show. And we didn't have, because I didn't want any of the creators, it, the, the ambition was very high and the goal was so high and, and it was so big that I told the creators, you don't, you, you don't start anything before we get the funding because I don't want to jinx it. I don't want, I don't want to be put in a position where as a publisher, I have to pay you for something that will not be published or not pay you because I don't have the money to pay you. And they understood that. So uh, that's why we only started once the, the, the book was fully funded. Um, and, uh, and, and now we're like, we're free to actually like uh, do it the way we want. Um, but, uh, but like it, it was a surprise even for us that like, when people say like, oh, you're asking for $37,000. Wow, that's that's a huge first goal. And and I was like, yeah, but that's the real price of that book. And I don't want, again, we, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I don't want people to think that comics are a cheap art form. I don't want people to think that uh, it costs nothing to produce this. I mean, they're ready to go and spend $30 on Mulan right now. Uh, so why wouldn't they spend $39 on Noir's The New Black? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I am looking forward to it. I know that I've, I hyped it on Twitter. So uh, I, I know that my audience is looking forward to it. And and, 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 and for your audience, another scoop, uh, there will be other Noir projects in the pipeline from my company, First Square Comics, in 2021 and 2022, starting with a, a follow-up to Intertwined. Yeah, so we're going to republish uh, the first volume after the, the the rights expire and revert back to us uh, next January. Um, but we're also going to produce um, not one, but two spinoffs. Nice. Well, I've already talked to your talked your leg off so i don't want to keep you any longer but fabrice thank you so much for doing this interview uh my pleasure know. my pleasure I, I mean i i love i love talking about about projects i love talking about noir and 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 thank you for doing this because like it allows creators that are not necessarily in the spotlights like me all the time because i spend a lot of my days creating and and and, and handling other creators um and i don't necessarily have like the time to to sell myself out there. Like sometimes I, I spend days without uh, tweeting anything or because I, I'm too busy uh, and, and, and I'm too busy and I'm not even making a dime. <laughs> I'm, I'm still unemployed, you know, right now. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully we can be your hype man uh, for uh, this. So Yes, yes. But, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, if, if people want to see what we're doing, they can pray or if you, if they haven't, um, uh, been in the campaign or participated like back the campaign the book is already available for pre-order on the fair square comics web store um so for people who who want to take a look at noir's the new black or one hate wonder both are available for pre-order on on the fair square comics website we also have like a lot of other things and and um and yeah and and, and all the announcements are going to come uh, 
in the next few weeks. And, and I think people are going to be very happy. Wonderful. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, Fabrice. And that's going to that's gonna wrap up our interview for today. In parting, as always, I just want to let you guys know, you know, the world is a mess right now. So just make sure that, you know, you're taking care of yourself, wear a mask, be safe. All, all the usual mantras that we chant on the show, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human's rights. And, you know, if you're tired of the way that things are, I highly suggest that uh, if you are able to vote in the United States of America's presidential election, you please do so. And you don't vote for somebody who wants to make the world a worse place. With that being said, uh, we'll see you guys next month. Have a good one. Bye.